Welcome to the Transcend Your Health Podcast. I'm Erin Avery, your self-love junkie, fitness enthusiast, and entrepreneur that will come to you each week with a thought, idea, or strategy to help you rise above your limits and elevate you to the next level in your life, finances, and relationships. So get ready, grab a notebook, and let's transcend your health. Hey guys, I'm so excited to introduce to you my guest today, Shelby Treas. Shelby is an incredible 26-year-old that is so inspiring. I could not wait to get her on the show. She is a wife and a mother of a beautiful three-year-old, Taylor. She has a love of health and fitness, and though she works part-time in her family business, Shelby also works um, full-time as a beach body coach, helping others to cultivate a lifestyle that combines fitness, healthy nutrition, and support to help them succeed at reaching their goals. As I was diving deeper into the life of Shelby, I also found out that she has type one diabetes and this struck me as intriguing and also wanted me to um, find out more. So today she is going to share with us exactly what type one diabetes is, what it looks like and how she manages it on a day-to-day basis. So please everyone welcome my beautiful, amazing friend, Shelby Treas. Welcome Shelby. Hey, Shelby. Welcome to the show. Hey, Erin. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. And how is the lovely weather there in Pennsylvania? Oh, um, it's cold. Very cold. And I'm not a fan of it. (laughs) I know. Same. Very cold. And I hate it. All right. So let's just get into the heart of it because I'm excited to learn more. Um, And just FYI, people, we have done this a few times, but the audio has crashed on us. So, um, (laughs) I'm going to relearn for the third time (laughs) and this time it's going to work. So, um, all right, Shelby. Um, so as I said in the intro, Shelby, besides being fantastically phenomenal, um, she also lives with type one diabetes and I, um, instantly became shocked and intrigued and just wanted to know all the things. So she is going to share with us a little bit about that today. So take it away. All right. So um, I have been living with type one diabetes since I was two and I am 26 now. So 24, almost 25 years um, of living with type one diabetes. And I can tell you that not I don't know how to, I guess not, not one day is better than the last. It's not like, like living with type one diabetes is a constant up and down roller coaster. And once I explain a little bit more about what it is, you'll fully understand that statement. (laughs) Okay. So So. first off, let's talk about what type one diabetes is versus type two. Sure. So, um, a lot of people, kind of look at me very shocked when I tell them I have type 1 diabetes. And um, I think a lot of people have a misconception on what type 1 diabetes is. I think mainly because maybe they have no idea there's two different types or they don't quite understand what the the difference is with type 1 diabetes and type 2. So um, to make it very short and sweet, the two differences is... (laughs) 
type one diabetes, your pancreas doesn't work at all. So what your pancreas does is produces insulin to manage your blood sugar levels. So to keep them on a straight and narrow path from going too high after you eat to dropping too low. Um, that's what insulin does. It regulates your blood sugars. Um, with type two diabetes, your pancreas works a little bit, but it can be tricky because you don't know how much it's working, how much insulin it's producing. So um, type two diabetes can be just as tricky with managing as type one. Okay. Um, what, well, I guess I'll, I'll kind of let you take it from here and just ask, ask questions so I don't dive in too deep. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. Okay, so you kind of explained how it works with the body, and that is something that is just forever, like, a crazy topic to people. Just it, That's just something where, it, that's a whole other episode of how insulin works in the body. Oh, yeah. Um, but you did say, we talked about a little bit earlier about how it has nothing to do with sugar. Can you explain that just a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've had a lot of comments from people like, oh, your mom must have let you eat too much sugar when you were little. That's how you got diabetes. Um, not at all. So um, diabetes is type one diabetes is an autoimmune disease, which means at some point, um, if you have type one diabetes, you probably were sick in the near future before you were diagnosed. And um, that sickness kind of lands on your pancreas, attacks your beta cells and shuts your pancreas down. Unfortunately, there's no cure. There's no way to like resuscitate your pancreas and bring it back. Once it shuts down, it's just shut down. Um, the good news is modern medicine has made it almost too incredible on being able to control it outside of your body. There are um, shots, there's insulin pens, and there is an insulin pump, which is kind of like an external pancreas. And that's a whole nother thing. We can go into that if you want. If not, that could, that's a whole nother topic. But modern medicine makes it so much easier to manage your blood sugars than what it was even five years ago. So... Okay, so we will get into that. So when you were, so you're diagnosed at Q, right? Mm -hmm. Q. So yep. how was it for you? What did your childhood look like being, you know, three, four, 10, even, you know, 15, trying to, um, I don't want to say have a normal life, but being a child and managing type one for yourself? So it's a lot different. <laughs> going to sleepovers, playing sports, being active, anything as simple as going to school. So I remember being in elementary school, being best friends with a nurse <laughs> because I was there so much. You would go, I would go in the morning because I would have, um, so before I had my insulin pump, which like I said, was kind of, it's, kind of like an external pancreas. It helps you manage your blood sugars so much better. But before I had that, um, I would manage my blood sugar with an insulin pen. I would give myself shots every time I ate. But because your body, because your pancreas doesn't work at all, it, your body can go the opposite way. Instead of your blood sugars going high and needing insulin, um, there's a thing called hypoglycemia, which means you're not getting enough um, sugar, glucose, basically into your body and your blood sugars drop low, which can be dangerous and can send you into diabetic shock and all sorts of 
crazy things. But um, so with that being said, without a pancreas or an insulin pump regulating your blood sugars all the time, um, you need to make sure that you are eating enough to keep your blood sugars level. Mm-hmm. which takes me back to being best friends with the nurse at school because I was on a schedule. Um, you get to school around eight o'clock, around 9.30, I would have to have um, some sort of small snack, whether it was like peanut butter crackers or maybe a banana, something that was going to hold me over until lunchtime when I got some more food into my system. Um, so you asked what a, what a day in the life kind of looked like <laughs> as a kid growing up. Um, it was get to school, 9.30, you have to excuse yourself from the class, go to the nurse's office, have your snack, um, come back, go to lunch. After lunch, after I would eat in the cafeteria, immediately go to the nurse because I would have to take my insulin shot then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go back like anytime throughout the day when I was feeling a little weird in class. And when I say weird, I mean Maybe I would get really thirsty, meaning I knew that meant my blood sugar was getting too high. I'd have to go to the nurse's office, check my blood sugar. If it was high, I'd have to give myself insulin. If it was low, I'd need to get a snack. Um, and then getting into things like gym class or recess when, you, when I was exerting more energy, um, burning off that glucose in my system, mm-hmm. my blood sugar would go low a lot. So I would be back at the nurse's office getting more snacks. It was just... <laughs> Not you were, you were yeah. best friends with the nurse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, was this all through school, really? Your whole like school career almost? Yep. Up until I got my insulin pump, which I was in fourth grade then. Um, it did make things a little bit easier, but still with getting low when my blood sugars would get low, um, would still have to go to the nurse's office and check my blood sugar because at that time... Here's another cool thing that modern technology has done. They, there's a thing called a CGM, which is a continuous glucose monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, you won't be able to see it on the podcast, but <laughs> it's, it's um, a tiny little monitor on my skin and it connects to my phone and it tells me what my blood sugar is every five minutes. Shut up. Wow. No, it's so cool. But with that being said, I didn't have that when I was a kid. That wasn't a thing when I was in school. I wish it was because it would have made my life so much easier. Yeah. But I would have to go to the nurse's office all the time to check my blood sugar because you have to check your blood sugar with a little needle and you can't obviously carry that around school. Yeah. So (laughs) growing up, it was a lot of trips to the nurse's office, but you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. So did that affect you in any way? Like... I don't want to say like cause any trauma. I'm sure it wasn't traumatic, but cause you know, kids can be so cruel and so mean, but also like, did you feel different as a child growing up? Cause you had to, like you mentioned earlier, like sleepovers, like that was difficult to do and things like that. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I have always been, um, a very optimistic person. So I imagine probably growing up, I, in school, I probably did get a lot of comments from kids. Like, um, I don't remember anything too traumatic. Like no one, no one ever bullied me or anything like that from it. But, um, I imagine with a different mindset, if I would have been more negative towards it and took things really personally, somebody kind of would say something to me like, oh, when I had my insulin pump, it would hang on the pocket of my jeans and people would be like, oh, what is that, a pager? Or you can't have your cell phone. 
like that kind of stuff never phased me. I was like, listen, I'm diabetic, it's a pub, get over it. <laughs> gotcha. So, I mean, it, it definitely could have. And I have heard my fair share of like devastating stories of, you know, kids in school and just things they've gone through with having diabetes and people aren't nice sometimes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I've definitely heard my fair share of stories, but I guess I just never took any of it personally. I just, I kind of see it like, this is how I'm keeping myself alive. It's not affecting you. This is like, I fight for my life every single day. If you're going to be a jerk and say something about, you know, my pump or my insulin that I have, like that's on you. (laughs) Right on. Right on. I like that. (laughs) So I know, I think you touched on a few of the symptoms. Um, So you said you got really thirsty. What are those symptoms and like risk factors other than obviously going into diabetic shock? Have you ever gone into diabetic shock? I have not. And I feel extremely fortunate for that because there are tons of people. I mean, I follow a lot of people on social media that are diabetic and I have seen so many of them end up in the hospital from DKA, which is diabetic ketoacidosis. And that means your blood sugars normally get above um, the 500 range, which is super dangerous. And that means there is way too much glucose in your bloodstream. And uh, that sends you into essentially what some people call diabetic shock. And um, you're just not responsive. And that's, it, it gets dangerous at that point. Like, Scary. Life or death dangerous. Yeah. So being, I mean, I know you have the insulin pump now, but what does like a typical day for you look like as far as managing um, your diabetes? So first thing I do when I wake up is, although I do have it connected to my phone where I can see my blood sugars all the time, um, you have to calibrate it every I believe 12 hours, you have to calibrate it. So usually in the morning, I'll wake up and check my blood sugar, um, calibrate it to my phone, make sure that, you know, that's reading the right numbers. Um, And then from there, if it's, I'm normally, my blood sugar normally isn't low when I wake up. If anything, it might be a little higher than what it should be. So I'll give myself um, the corrective amount of insulin then. And then I normally do my workouts in the morning. So I make sure my blood sugar is at a a safe range, depending on, here's the tricky part with health and fitness and diabetes. So depending on what my workout is that day, if I know I'm going to be diving into cardio, um, I, I feel comfortable. Now everyone is different. Another type one diabetic might tell you um, different numbers or how they approach their workouts differently, but I've learned my body and for my body going into cardio with my safe range for my blood sugar is 120 to 80. That's, that's what my doctor wants to keep me in between. Um, but if my blood sugar is a little above 120, I feel comfortable going into cardio like that. My, my body burns a glucose in my system very quickly. And I, if I would start cardio with a blood sugar around a hundred, it would plummet very quickly. Mm -hmm. So if my blood sugar is a hundred or below, when I start cardio, I make sure I have something like half of a banana or maybe a spoonful of peanut butter, something that I know is going to kind of linger in my system for a little while. So that's what I was going to ask you next, because I mean, I know for like my 
background with, you know, fitness and bodybuilding and stuff, it's always very, it's the reverse. So after you work out, you always want to take that post-workout that's going to get to your system quick. So it's mm -hmm. usually some type of glucose um, or in a, in a protein, but you need the opposite. You need to go slower. Right. When, <clears throat> well, when I go into cardio, if I'm lifting that day, if I know I'm going to be lifting heavy, yeah. my blood sugar goes high, which I have heard the total opposite from other diabetics. So I am actually really good friends with um, a girl on Instagram who we kind of bounce ideas back and forth as far as like diabetic and working out, things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, she has a total opposite happen with her body. If she is lifting, her blood sugars seem to drop. They, they plummet very quickly. And I've never had that happen. Every time I'm lifting heavy, it's almost like I, I'm not, I'm not sure the science on, <laughs> on the other end with, you know, whatever your muscles release when you're working out, but it's almost like there is like glucose that gets released in my body when I lift and my blood sugars seem to go really high when I lift. Mm -hmm. So I have to keep really, really close tabs on lifting days because my blood sugar can go from 100 to 300 very, very quickly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it makes it really, really tricky, which goes into like insulin sensitivity. And um, if you're trying to lose weight, it makes it really difficult because if you're taking more insulin, it's harder to lose weight. And when you take less insulin, you can lose weight more quickly. But <laughs> I've had a lot of people say to me like, oh, why don't you do like body competitions and stuff? Well, I don't know that I could ever do that. <laughs> I mean, I guess I probably could, but it would take a lot, a lot of work between me and my endocrinologist. Yeah. And just really managing everything because my weight fluctuates a lot with, you know, insulin and everything. It's just. So how does that, which if this is perfect, cause it's getting me into the next part. Cause I know maybe some people that either have diabetes or type one or type two with weight. Cause that seems to be one of the big things is I can't lose weight cause I'm a diabetic. And when people tell me that, I don't know one or two, they just say I'm diabetic. Um, so what does that look like for you nutritionally in order to, cause you're in great shape. I don't know if you've always been in great shape, but you're in great shape now. And, um, obviously a, a lot of that has to do with your nutrition. So how do you manage nutrition to, I guess I want to say keep, you know, to aesthetically get the look and that you want to be the weight that you want and the physique that you want and still make sure that you are not tipping into uh, dangerous territories. Yeah. So it's, it's a really tricky game and I have been I was actually looking back on my timeline on Facebook that like a time hop came up. Yeah. It was like six years ago when I first dove into really trying to take care of my body. I started running and just like dabbling into clean eating and things like that. So it does get really tricky because if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to lean out and cut fat, um, you, you first jump to, okay, carbs. You don't want to, you don't want to eat too many carbs, right? You don't want to pack on the weight. You want to try to 
lean out and cut the carbs and, and things like that. That's what people always think. And um, more recently, everyone's on this like keto kick, like no carbs. I'm like, no, I can't hop on board with that for many reasons. But number one, I'm diabetic. I can't cut out carbs altogether. Right. So it is a really tricky game. And if there's any type one diabetics listening and you want to try to lose weight, the best thing I can tell you to do is log your nutrition and your blood sugars to see what foods are affecting your body and your blood sugars at the same time. So for me, I, I love carbs, but I like clean carbs and they react with my body so well. So like sweet potatoes, brown rice, the good things you're supposed to eat, I guess I'm pretty lucky and it, they react with my blood sugar as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have learned over the years that um, I guess my, my body on many levels doesn't, doesn't react well to um, things that are like breads, heavy breads, things like that, spaghetti, pasta, stuff like that spikes my blood sugar. And with that being said, anyone knows that's not going to help you lose weight either. (laughs) So, um, no, go ahead. Cause I kind of lost my train of thought. I wasn't sure what I was going to say after that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So have you changed the way you eat the, the way that is that my saying it right? Shit. Have you changed the way you've eaten since getting like on board with getting your nutrition on point? That made no fucking sense of that at all. But do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> so my my nutrition really, really changed okay. when a year ago when I joined Team Passion to Empower with Beach Body. <laughs> Honestly, it did. Before I was a beach body coach, I just kind of winged. Is that a word? I know. I <laughs> Today I, it I is. Wonged. Winged it. <laughs> I winged it. it. <laughs> I kind of winged everything. <laughs> I just, I never really had any solid like meal plans or nutrition plans. I had nothing, no guidance to go by. I don't like, I never went to college or any sort of, I never took any health classes, which I should, I really should to learn more because there's so much to learn. But um, using the containers that we use, the color-coded portion containers has, has helped me not only, um, on more of like the health and fitness side, but it's so much easier to count your carbs and track things in a diabetic standpoint, because you know, you're getting one serving of this. So if you're like things that are hard to track from a diabetic standpoint, if it's not in a box, like cereal or something like that, and it doesn't have a nutrition label on, um, a lot of people don't really know how to count that, how to count the carbs in it, which is as a diabetic, that's what you count. You count your carbohydrates. That's how you give yourself insulin. Mm -hmm. So before I never really knew how, how to count things and eating a more clean diet, you eat much more produce, fruits, things like that, that don't come packaged. So using the containers allows me to be 100% sure I'm having one serving of this fruit. 
And from there, thank God for the internet, you can go online and say, okay, I had like one serving of this and it tells you how many carbohydrates are in that. So it's helped me gain much more control, not only on my health and fitness, but um, as far as like diabetes goes as well, okay. <laughs> which, which I, I know that's like one thing that makes me feel really good about, about Beachbody and what they offer because it's not only helped me in, in the health and fitness side, but it's done wonders for me being a diabetic. <laughs> you hear that people, Beachbody, portion fix, controls type one diabetes. <laughs> it helps so much. <laughs> no, that's great. That is good. So what would you say, because I know a lot of people, like you said earlier, there's a lot of people jumping on the, the keto diet, which that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, we need, your brain needs carbs, people. You need carbs. Oh my gosh. So how many carbs do you think you take in a day, roughly? So let me give you a then and now. So if you would have asked me five years ago how many carbs a day I eat, Oh man, I probably would have said I was really, I was such a like carbaholic. I used to be, I used to eat so many carbs. I, I don't know, probably like anywhere from like 80 to a hundred. Cause I never really paid much attention to what I was eating. I mean, I ate like a lot of cereal and stuff like that, which is not really that great yeah. for you, but I did. <laughs> that was like five years ago, me. So now I probably eat I mean, if I stick in my meal plan, have a normal breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, you know, have my, like, clean, healthy snacks in between, I probably am somewhere between, like, 40 and 50 on a normal day. I don't really have a high-carb diet. Okay. Okay. And as long as my blood sugars are level, I'm good with that. Like, it, my body seems to function properly on that. Um, I'm, I'm building muscle sufficiently. And I mean, I guess if, if I went into like a heavier sort of training program, it would definitely fluctuate from there. But yeah. um, with the programs that I do and kind of my goals, I'm good with that. My body's responding well to, to what I'm having. Okay. Well, that's fair. So you're like a, a lower carb diet. Well, you need to be. Yeah. Otherwise you, you know. Yeah, it definitely. <laughs> right. And so this might be a little bit confusing for maybe someone who doesn't know a ton about diabetes, but the higher, higher amount of carbohydrates you eat, the more insulin mm -hmm. goes into your body. And the more insulin you are manually putting into your body, um, the more weight I gain. So um, that kind of takes me back to when I was pregnant. My, mm. my blood sugars were... <laughs> a roller coaster through my diabetes. I mean, a roller coaster to me. My doctors were happy with where I was at. My daughter was born perfectly healthy. Everything was okay there. Didn't have any complications, but my insulin tripled when I was diabetic because I was gaining more weight. And the more weight you gain, the more your body is insulin resistant. So you have to take more. So I think that's why a lot of people say, oh, I'm diabetic. I can't lose weight. 
Well, if they are heavier and they are taking more insulin, it's almost like a vicious cycle. But that's why I say you're like, if you're trying to lose weight, it's so important to log what you're eating and what your blood sugars are, and then kind of slowly, slowly cut out the things that are affecting your blood sugars badly. So if you're eating a food that is spiking your blood sugar, I know realistically cutting out things cold turkey for some people doesn't work. So yeah. just cut back slowly. Okay. So you're eating, you're Oreos. eating this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't eat a whole sleeve at one time. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe just like eat a few and then <laughs> like just <laughs> cut back from there. <laughs> Start, don't eat a whole sleeve, eat a half a sleeve. Start there. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> Seriously, though, some people need that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. But um, so you had asked earlier, like, what some of the symptoms are for yes. somebody with diabetes. And my the thing I'm going to go into can serve two purposes. So if you have somebody that maybe a friend or family that is diabetic, you're fully aware they're diabetic. Um, these are some things you could keep an eye on, say, if you're working out together, but not even if you're just working out, if you were just hanging out with this person, whatever, um, these are some signs that like, hey, maybe your blood sugar is getting high, like you just want to check it. But maybe you have no idea that this person could be diabetic, but you're, you hang out with them a lot. And these are some things that you're taking notice that some habits that they have. Um, so just some things to keep an eye out for. Um, if they feel nauseous or dizzy, um, thirst, like not just, oh, I'm kind of out of breath. I need a drink. Like they, they chug water or something all the time, like a constant thirst. Um, weight loss, going to the bathroom all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> not number two that doesn't really matter <laughs> um, blurry vision and with I guess it could happen with adults too but more so with kids like bedwetting if they aren't normally a bedwetter and that seems to happen a lot or just kind of out of the blue that is definitely a red flag um, so just some things to keep an eye out for but very much on the opposite end um I had mentioned earlier, hypoglycemia yep. um, can also happen if your blood sugar goes too low. So what can happen then is some of the same things. Um, I know when my blood sugar gets low, sometimes my vision will get a little blurry, which can be scary. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of the more common things, sweating, um, just kind of like out of nowhere, like you're just sitting around and your blood sugar gets low, I'll just start sweating, um, shaking, fatigue. Um, really hungry or thirsty, just some things like that will tip off a low blood sugar. So just some okay. things to be aware of. I'm going to have to keep my eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got it managed pretty well. <laughs> pretty well. And you said, Taylor, she's, she doesn't have it. Now, I think earlier when we were trying to do this one, two, but three times ago, um, <laughs> this is not genetic. No, but um, some doctors will tell you it is. I highly disagree with that. I do not think it's genetic because I do not have anybody 
else. I have younger siblings or not siblings, cousins, but they're like second and third cousins Mm -hmm. that have type one diabetes. Um, but nobody before me, everyone before me in my family, no type one diabetes. I'm, I'm a lone ranger. (laughs) That's why you're so special. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. Thank you for that. I feel highly educated now about that. (laughs) When he said that, I was like, what? I need to know more. So if anything, I'm glad I got to have some education on it because I find that very fascinating. I also love that um, just like in your past, just how you never let that get you down as a child because children, like I said, can be cruel and, you know, you're just out here trying to survive. Oh, yeah. Just trying yeah. to live. <laughs> My mom always told me growing up, I would, you know, as a kid, why I would complain about it all the time. Like just like you said, kind of not feeling normal. Like I kind of always just felt like I stuck out a little bit and I would complain about it. And my mom, and it still sticks with me now. My mom would always say to me, it could always be worse. And it was, I just think, think about that every single day. Like, sure, I'm diabetic, but there's way worse things that could happen. And there's people in way worse situations. So I'll take my insulin and take having diabetes as a blessing in disguise and learn from it and grow from it and Mm -hmm. teach people as much as I can. And that, I was going to say, things don't happen to you, they happen for you. Absolutely. Um, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sister friend. Um, How can, let's do, I like to end end my podcast with a little words of inspiration. So um, what does self-development look like for you on a daily basis? Um. Oh man, self-development for me. So lately I can tell you that it has been a whole lot of keeping a positive mindset. Um, Much more recently this year, well, actually the year in general for 2019 has been very trying year for me, not only as a person, but in my family life. And um, I have found that even something as simple as reading a few pages from a book or even listening to a two minute positive podcast um, can make such a difference and really listening to it and really kind of looking at your life and, and picking out the positives and the good things in life, because it's so easy to focus on all the negative things and all the things going wrong in your life. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is to be grateful for all the little things, even if my husband and I started doing at night, we tell each other five things that we're grateful for. And we just recently started doing this, but it makes such a difference because if you think you had the worst day ever, you can sit down on your couch and say, you know what? We had three hot meals today. We have a house over our head. We have a shower to go get clean. And that's three simple things most of us have that I think a lot of people probably take for granted because you don't think about, but there's always something good. I know. (laughs) It really makes such a difference. (laughs) My husband and I, we haven't done it in a while, but we, um, same thing at night in bed, we call it give me three. And it's three positive things that, yeah, same thing. That's hilarious. That's amazing. I love that you guys do that too. (laughs) Yeah, we've done it. We did it for so long and then 
kind of got out of it, but I think we should start doing that again. It's yeah. Just, it feels good to end your night on a positive note. Oh yeah. And definitely, especially, like I said, if you have a bad day, it's so easy to go to bed on that, like bad foot thinking, oh man, you know, today could, or tomorrow could be another bad day. But if you end it on a good note and you go to bed with a more positive outlook, your chances of waking up in a good mood are much better. <laughs> yes. I love it. And one more, how are you giving yourself the love, care, and attention you need daily? Well, it goes without being said, my workouts in the morning are definitely something I look forward to. And it, they are more of a blessing to me than I could ever, ever explain in words before I would give myself, I mean, I, I can't remember before working out, like what the heck did I do for myself every day? What was something I did for me to pour into me? But I also remember not being in as good of a mindset a few years ago as I am now. Mm -hmm. So while that might sound a little cheesy, honestly, my 30 to 40 minutes a day that I spend working out and focusing on myself and my fitness, that's me. <laughs> that's my me time. And I, that's why I don't really take many rest days. It's what I look forward to every single day. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, so where can people stalk you out and creep on you? Oh, you can creep me on Facebook. <laughs> uh, my name is just Shelby Treese, T-R-E-A-S, my last name. And um, on Instagram, my name is S underscore, and then my last name, Treese, and another underscore. So you can creep me on Facebook and Instagram. And that's Treese, you guys, not Trias. <laughs> not it's not her name that I said in the beginning this is Trias <laughs> I say it that way it sounds country Shelby Trias I am from Pennsylvania we're just lucky I'm not Amish okay <laughs> oh my god I love you so much thank you for being on the podcast thank you for having me I'm so glad I could join you <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Hey guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. There is no me without you, so I am forever grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please share those on your social media and use the hashtag transcendyourhealth so I can find you and shout you out for giving me a listen. Also, before I go, make sure you are subscribed to my weekly newsletter where you will become one of my VIPs and get the inside scoop and early access to everything that I have to share. Just go to my website, empoweringmindsandwellness.com to subscribe. Thanks, and I'll see you on the inside.